what do we love about the Minnesota Wild so far this year? What would we rather see them leave behind? We play love it or leave it on today's episode of Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Just a reminder, you can find Locked on Wild on your favorite podcast platforms absolutely free of charge. On today's episode of Locked on Wild, we discuss elements of the wild season so far that we love and would like to see continue, and some things that we would much rather they leave behind. My name is Seth Topol, your daily Minnesota Wild insider, And coming off of last night's loss to the San Jose Sharks, the Wild now on their Christmas break. They will play next against the Winnipeg Jets on the 27th in Winnipeg. A pivotal start to the uh, end of the December schedule with games against Winnipeg, Dallas, and St. Louis. So uh, a tough test. But as we uh, discussed in the postcast last night, doesn't sound like Marcus Felino's injury is anything too serious, more so just banged up, and so he should be ready to roll once the uh, the season resumes. Mason Shaw, as we'll talk about at the end of the episode today, uh, he will not, as uh, he had a hearing uh, for that hit that he levied that uh, ended up getting him um, a um, game misconduct penalty, which further put the Wild kind of behind the eight ball. And now Mason Shaw will have uh, a suspension that uh, is going to lead to him missing a uh, couple of games from the sounds of it. Two games Mason Shaw will miss. So he's going to miss the Winnipeg game. He's going to also miss the Dallas game, which is a it's a sizable blow for the Minnesota Wild. Uh, we'll talk about that more at the end of the episode, but wanted to get to just looking at this wild season so far as a whole. There's been a lot of good. There have been some things that uh, I think everybody has been a little frustrated with that we've seen so far this season. So we're going to play love it or leave it. And we'll start with the things that we love. And I think I will start with one of the biggest question marks for this team heading into the season. That was the uh, goalie tandem of Marc-Andre Fleury and Philip Gustafson. What can you expect from those guys? Gustafson not really um, not really proven at the NHL level. Fleury getting up there in age. And uh, so what are you going to get from your two starting goaltenders? That was a huge concern heading into the season for the Minnesota Wild. And I think it's safe to say that the Wild have to be pretty thrilled with what they have received so far from both of their goalies. Gustafson, 7-5-1, and one, a 2.44 goals against average, a 9-16 save percentage. And honestly, in last night's game, you see the, uh, the results. Gustafson got hung out to dry, I think, by what was going on in front of him. You have a tired team, and uh, just they, they just got kind of 
run up and down the ice by that Sharks roster last night. And so I don't put a whole lot of worry or concern into that result. Gustafson, by and large, this year has been fantastic. And he was on a 6-0-0 string uh, over his previous six starts. So he has been performing very well to the point that I think he is in the conversation for, you know, what does the goalie situation look like over the next couple of years? I, I think he would definitely factor in as a guy that the Wild could sign and could add to that mix here over the next few years. And Marc-Andre Fleury, let's, uh, let's give credit to him for when the team was struggling to score goals, when they were you know, kind of bottoming out offensively, he kept them in a lot of games, gave them an opportunity to try to get some things figured out. And so uh, Fleury this year has been more good than mediocre. And so I think both goalies have really uh, been been good so far here this season. Now, those guys were here at the start of the year. Another love it for this season is a guy who wasn't. Ryan Reeves, acquired by the Wilds earlier this season to help just inject some life into this roster, and he has done nothing but that. The Wilds, I believe, now 12-4 and since they acquired Ryan Reeves, and he just has come in. He has been just kind of a commanding presence. He has brought just some humor and some just some ease to this team because of the pressure that they felt at the start of the year. Now, he's not a he's not a goal scorer per se, but he has helped reestablish kind of the hierarchy of, uh, of what happens out on the ice on nights that he plays if the opponents try to do something to, say, Kaprizov or Dumba or, or anybody on the roster, um, Matt Boldy. If they try to do anything to anybody on the roster, you're going to have to answer for it, and it's likely going to be either Reeves or Felino uh, that are the ones that you're going to have to uh, that you're going to have to discuss it with. And I mean, he just you've seen the videos kind of behind the scenes, wearing the Santa outfit uh, to the arena against the Ottawa Senators, then wearing the beard and the hat out on the ice for warmups. Uh, it just he has brought a lightness to this group, but also has brought a veteran presence that I think a lot of guys on this roster look up to. And so that has been a great acquisition for Bill Guerin and one that I was a little hesitant about when it was first announced because I think scoring is still um, something that should be looked into before the trade deadline. But it's, it's worked out considerably well, and he has given this team a swagger as well. And so Ryan Reeves is definitely one of the probably bigger, if not for the goaltending, one of the bigger lovets of the season so far. Uh, another love it for this season is the young guns. We've seen young players step in and take opportunities, none bigger than Mason Shaw stepping in and seizing a full-time spot on this roster early on in the season. He has provided some grit and uh, just really good minutes uh, so far this season. And so you didn't expect to see that. He was one of the last guys uh, battling for roster spots in training camp. Then you had the rash of injuries, 
And uh, he took his opportunity, and he absolutely ran with it. So love to see that. We've also seen from the likes of Adam Beckman. We've seen from Sammy Walker most recently. And it just goes to show you that the Wild do have a handful of guys down at the Iowa roster that are capable of stepping up and not only filling spots, but providing quality minutes for this team in the event that injuries do happen. And that's not even taking into account Marco Rossi, who is going to be a factor on this wild team at some point again, just trying to build some of that confidence up down in Iowa. But he is another guy that if the opportunity, if the circumstances present themselves to get him back up there uh, to the wild roster, he's another guy that, I'm sure is going to take this second opportunity and is going to be more at ease and is going to be able to uh, to help this team a little more than he did the first time uh, he was with the uh, the roster this year. And the final love it that we have, the Wild found the winning formula. And we've talked a lot about last year, a lot of goals scored. And I think with that, the assumption that you can just score a lot of goals and kind of brush off um, the things that are ailing you. That didn't work to start the year. It definitely did not work to start the year. But the Wilds, in learning from that, have really figured out the formula that they can beat teams with. And we've seen some really good examples of it uh, at points this season. It, it requires attention to detail, Effort on defense, blocking shots, and uh, and a commitment to being good on special teams that up until recently, as we'll talk about in the Leave It, uh, up until recently, special teams had been a real big part of this team's success uh, so far this season. And so for the Wild to buy into that and to do more than simply beat teams um, – five to four, six to five. There have been a couple of those this year, but I mean, look at what they did to the Edmonton Oilers kind of to start this winning streak, beating them two to one and just absolutely putting the clamps down on the likes of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. There are many teams that try and there are a few that are able to actually do it. So the Wild finding their winning formula this year is a huge part of the love it for the uh, season so far. Now, all those good things we discussed, there are plenty of not. And so we will talk about the things we'd like to see left behind when the Wild resume their schedule coming up next week. That is on the way after this here on Locked on Wild. Today's episode is brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, even your parents can tell. Everyone can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. 
Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high and get a DUI. Paid for by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Continuing today's episode of Locked on Wild, once again, thanks for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day, and especially around the holiday season. Uh, I know it gets to be a busy time spent with family and with friends, and so we appreciate you taking time uh, to listen to Locked on Wild during that time, whether it be doing some last-minute shopping, and especially with the uh, the weather the way it is, um, stay safe, everybody that is uh, attempting to go be with family members. I know I am uh, as well. Just just take it slow. The weather is gross out there right now. And so uh, appreciate everybody that takes the time to listen. And if you are kind of white-knuckling it through a trip to be with family here this weekend, uh, we've got a few things to keep you company um, on the drive. So uh, appreciate everybody that listens in. And uh, stay safe out there here on this big travel weekend. Let's talk about some of the things we would like to see left behind this season. Uh, we, it's got to start. It's got to start with maybe my biggest pet peeve of the season is the eleven forwards, seven defensemen. We have to stop. <laughs> we have to stop as a team going with the eleven forwards, seven defensemen lineup and saying, well. We'll just double shift Kaprizov, double shift Boldy, double shift Zuccarello. The Wild are one of the top teams in the NHL in too many men on the ice penalties. I wonder why. Could it be the fact that they hodgepodge lines together when they go with 11 and 7? I understand that you have a veteran in Alex Goligoski on defense who has not made it into the lineup. Um very much recently, although I would argue that it may be time once again to give Kalen Addison a little bit of a breather. Um, it looks like he is is gripping the stick a little too tight on that uh, top power play unit. We'll talk about that in a second, but I, I think you just have to kind of play it with, you're going to sneak Goligoski in, maybe twice, two out of every four games. This player's going to get a break. This player's going to get a break. The Wild are going to have the same situation when Brandon Duhame returns, and rather than have the same guy sit the entire time, use it as an opportunity to rest players. And if somebody is dinged up, give them an extra day, an opportunity to heal. Let's stop doing 11-7. and seven. You have another forward on the roster, and so just put them on a line and just play the other lines more. What's wrong with that? As opposed to just trying to kind of piece it together and then taking too many men on the ice penalties. If I see 11-7 and again this season, I am going to lose it. And so leave that on the other side of the Christmas break and don't bring it back. Don't bring it with. Another thing in the leave it category is the Matt Dumba penalty train express. There were a couple of games in which Dumba didn't take what I would consider a bad 
penalty, but he was on a string of like seven or eight straight games in which it was either a delay of game penalty, a high stick, a hook, a slash, you name it. He had another one last night, and it's just so unnecessary. And I'm going to say that while also sticking up for Dumba uh, because of what happened in last night's game. The hit that Dumba levied at the top of the zone, which was almost identical to the hit that Ryan Reeves had against Detroit. A clean hit. It was shoulder to shoulder. There was no head contact involved. And yet he has to answer the bell from two Sharks players because they just deem that as one that deserves retaliation. Which, by the way, you have two guys coming at Dumba, not worried about the puck whatsoever, and he's the one that gets a penalty? Get out of here with that. Um, And so stuff like that, that I had no problem with. But there was another penalty later in the game, which we got that infamous camera reaction shot of him kind of putting his head up in the air and just letting out a big sigh. Let's not. Let's not. Let's be a little smarter out there on the ice and stop with with those types of penalties. So the Matt, as I'm calling it, the Matt Dumba penalty train express, let's leave that in the past as well and not go back to it. Another leave it. Special teams, does anybody else feel like the special teams are getting a little too passive, um, especially on the power play? And this is why I kind of alluded to it may be time to give Kalen Addison just a little bit, a little bit of a breather. He looks as though, and I would certainly hope this is not the case, he looks like he doesn't have the green light to let it rip out there at the top of the zone. And maybe it's a situation of not wanting to have a shot blocked right at the top of the zone and returned the other way for potentially a breakaway goal. I get that. That's fine. But he just, it's a lot of very quick passes back the way the puck came. And so it may be a situation where he's starting to feel a little bit of pressure as well, in which case then that'd be an opportunity for Goligoski to get back in the lineup. But you have a five on three and you spend 50 seconds this was, I believe this was in the Anaheim game. You have a five on three. He spent 50 seconds passing the puck on the perimeter, not even looking at the net. Can't do it. You can't pass and pass and pass and expect to score goals on the power play. And that, I think, is is when the power play is at its worst, it's very pass-heavy. I understand trying to create space and move people around, but there is a difference between doing that by passing and creating opportunities and just skimming the top with with passes that have really no intention of doing anything down low. And not only that, the penalty kill is starting to get very leaky as well. Two more power play goals given up against the Sharks last night. And so let's just leave the passive special teams in the uh, in the rearview mirror. Let's get that power play to where they are aggressive, they have intent, and they are able to get those tic-tac-toe passes uh, going and set up 
and this is a perfect segue into the next one. Those tic-tac-toe passes and the ability to set up players for one-timers. The current state of one-timer shots on this Minnesota Wild team is infuriating. I lose count. I have actually tried, but I lose count at the number of times a one-timer is either fanned on or partially hit or is just so far off that there's no chance that it's going on the net. There needs to be a little one-timer practice, I think, for this team. Matt Boldy has struggled with it at points this year. Matt Dumba has struggled with it at points this year. If you're going to ask for a one-timer, if you're going to ask to be set up for the opportunity to blast one of those at the net, you got to make sure that it counts. You have to make sure that it's on target. So let's leave the swings and the misses on the one-timer. Let's leave that on the front end of the Christmas break. And finally, the other leave it, the injuries. Now, it's been way better recently, but earlier this season, missing a ton of guys. You're missing Jordan Greenway. You're missing Marcus Foligno. You're missing Ryan Hartman. You're missing just a ton of critical pieces for this team. Ryan Hartman has returned. He uh, is starting to look more like himself and getting back to the level he was at last year, which is great. Brandon Duhame is set to return soon, hopefully right after the break, because there's a perfect opportunity then to slot him into the lineup in place of uh, Mason Shaw. But either way, you are as close to full health as you've been all season. And let's keep it that way. Let's see if we can go on a little run here, extend the current run, and uh, really put together a nice stretch of hockey to gear up for the trade deadline and for the uh, playoff push as well. So those are the leave-its. And we've got a couple of other things to discuss, including a we-would-love-it. And so we'll, uh, we'll talk about that as we finish today's episode of Lockdown Wild after this. Final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, thanks for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, make sure you check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the full breakdown of everything going on throughout the wide world of sports, all in one place. Locked On Sports Today is available on all of your favorite podcast platforms for absolutely no charge. Playing Love It or Leave It Today... And I also have a would love it for the Minnesota Wild here uh, as we continue the season. I would love to see the Minnesota Wild um, figure out a way to get the line combinations set to allow players to come into the lineup without spending weeks on the bench. And so you're looking at on defense, you're looking at Alex Goligoski as the kind of the odd man out. When Brandon Duhame returns, somebody is going to be the odd man out of that group. Now, what you would like to see is, and I have to say this while also prefacing that I don't think Ryan Reeves has done anything in particular to really warrant being pulled out of the lineup. 
but now you have Connor Dewar, you have Mason Shaw, you have Brandon Duhame. There's those three guys are all rotating or going to be rotating for two spots. And so again I say, just like with defense, use this as an opportunity to give players extra days when needed or if you have somebody that just looks like they're out of gas, give them a day. Brandon Duhame can play on the grief line. Should Marcus Foligno need a day? Should Jordan Greenway need a day? Should any of those guys get dinged up? Brandon Duhame can play on that line. We've seen it already this year uh, before he got hurt. Connor Dewar has the speed to be able to give Ryan Hartman a day off. Freddie Goudreau a day off. And if you have a guy like, say, Sam Steele that needs a day off, you know, you can put, you can maybe put Ryan Hartman back on that top line and, and put uh, Dewar up on the, uh, on the Hartman spot. You've got the versatility and you've got the guys that can excel in different spots to be able to do so without having to just run the same thing into the wall each and every game that you have. That's another thing that you could throw in the leave it category is just just throwing the same line combinations out there, especially when things aren't necessarily working. So let's get a plan put together to try to alleviate. And I had an idea on the fourth line that I think would be something that would be very workable for this team because you're not going to run into those big bruising teams all the time. You are going to run into them sometimes, though. And you're not going to run into the speed demon teams all the time either. But if you were to do something to the effect of Reeves plays when you need to assert more physicality, and the other three play when you're going up against a team with some speed. You've got the options to do it now. You've got the resources to do that at your leisure, depending on the circumstances. And so that's the final thing that I would love to see is just some plans. You can, you can, they do it in baseball where you have like a left-handed hitter and a right-handed hitter platoon. You've got a speed and a size platoon that you can put together so that people are getting put into the lineup on a regular basis and are not just going to collect sits the rest of the way. So we'll, we'll see. I don't know if Brandon Duhame is going to return right out of the gate or not, but when he's ready to return, there's going to be a musical chairs that's played. And... I have a particular way I'd like to see it played out that I just outlined, but I have a feeling I think I know exactly how it's going to go. So we'll see. But uh, if you have any love it or leave it that you would like to add to this conversation that we can uh, revisit maybe as we get closer to the end of 2022, uh, leave them in the comments. Leave them in the comments on YouTube or uh, send them to us on Twitter. And uh, if you have any that I missed that you would like to see discussed as well, just shout them out and we'll be happy to get to them here 
uh, on the show either next week or, or as we move into 2023 as well. So that will conclude today's episode. Once again, I say thank you to everybody who tunes in on a daily basis um, and uh, be safe out there if you're traveling throughout the uh, next couple of days as the conditions hopefully improve. Uh, We're happy to keep you company on your drive to uh, wherever you are headed. So be safe, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays. And uh, thank you for making this as much fun as it is to keep you updated on the Minnesota Wild on a daily basis. Make sure you follow us on YouTube. Follow us on your favorite podcast platforms, including now Amazon Music. So follow us there. Follow us on TikTok and other social media platforms so you don't miss out on the wide array of content we have for you on a weekly basis, whether it be our morning skates, whether it be our full episodes, whether it be our pregame previews or our postcasts or anything else, you can find it all as part of Lockdown Wild. So make sure you keep up with us as we keep up with the Minnesota Wild with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Lockdown Sports Podcast Network.